Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Thursday, May 4th. It is five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Well, a Tallahassee woman is now in hot water because she threw a glass of wine at U.S. Rep. Matt Gates over the weekend. They were at this food and wine festival in Miramar Beach. And Matt was there with his, with his wife, Ginger, and the glass of wine hit Ginger in the shoulder. And now this 41-year-old Tallahassee woman was arrested, charged with battery, and released on $1,000 bail. So the key to this lesson, you may not like them, but you can't resort to violence. You cannot throw things at politicians, no matter how much they anger you. Right, yeah. So we have laid out the rules here before, that when you see someone out in public, certainly someone the level of a congressman, you absolutely have the right to... And look, I've, I've always been this way, Casey, and people who have known me for years would know that when I was an elected official, I was the same way. You are an elected official. You are always an elected official. That part of that responsibility is wherever you go, you are always on the job. And so I have never felt bad if there's somebody I have a desire to talk to and they are out at a Walmart or eating dinner (laughs) or whatever else, walking up to them Mm -hmm. and telling them what you think. Now. You don't get up in their personal space. Yeah. You don't violate any laws. You certainly don't throw things at people. But I've never been one to say, well, I'm, I'm uh, on my personal time. No, you're not. Because what you do affects me. You, you don't have personal time. And, and I look, I can say this because I walked the walk on this, that when you are an elected official, you have all the power over everyone, but you also have the responsibility that comes with that and part of that is you don't have any safe space in terms of you can't talk to me about whatever wasn't it pete Buttigieg who was walking around washington dc and a reporter was trying to ask him questions and he kept saying no 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 this is my personal time if you want to talk to me make an appointment with my office yeah that does not exist when you are an elected official because you're one you're always getting paid even when they go on vacation they're still getting a check And two, at any time, they can come back and totally screw you over in a bevy of ways. So, no, I've never... Now, that's, it's totally different if it's a celebrity of some sort. Then, yes, that person absolutely has personal space, and you shouldn't go up to them and get in there, you know, talk to them while they're doing whatever. But an elected person, someone who is taking public money, your money, you are their boss, and has the ability to affect the way you live your life, then that is a 24-7 job, and you will you are never exempted from having to hear what the public has to say. At this point, you would think Matt Gates would be used to it because this isn't the first time that this has happened to him. But he's been working with AOC recently. They've historically clashed in the past, been on opposing ends of the political spectrum. But this week, they introduced the Bipartisan Restoring Faith in Government Act, and this would ban members of Congress and their spouses from trading stocks. I like this. Now, this is so funny because I was just talking with our uh, our executive producer, Matt Hiblin, mm-hmm. back in his office during the break, and we were chuckling because he said, we've got to find more things for you to be positive about. 
<laughs> and so I simply responded to him. I said, Matt, look at our government. What is there to be positive about? And he simply said, good point. We'll have to get the whiteboard out and but, do some brainstorming. Well, that's what he said. He said, I'm going to start writing down some ideas. <laughs> and here we go. Something to be positive about. Matt, I hope you're listening. Uh this is something that people should be excited about mm -hmm. because it is bipartisan cooperation between two people on the polar opposite ends of the spectrum, Matt Gates and AOC, mm -hmm. to ban congressional insider trading. Members of Congress have traded $788 million worth of securities last year alone. These people walk in regular folk and leave millionaires, so many of them. Mm -hmm. How is that possible on what they make versus where they live that you can go in a regular person and come out a millionaire? The way they do it is through legalized insider trading. They have written the law so that if they do things that you or I did, we'd go to federal prison and it's fine for them. And to their credit, Matt Gates and AOC, who probably don't agree on just about anything, do agree on this and have put this bill forward, and I think it's wonderful. Yeah, at least 78 members. Did you hear that, Matt? I think it's wonderful. <laughs> it's so good. So good. At least 78 members of Congress failed to properly report their trades for the end of 21 through 23. And so Matt Gates, he says, working with AOC to ban Congress insider trading, well, he had some thoughts about AOC. Let's take a listen. Uh, AOC is wrong a lot. She'd probably say the same thing about me, but she's not corrupt. And I will work with anyone and everyone to ensure that Congress is not so compromised. We should disallow congressional stock trading for the same reason we don't allow the referee to bet on the game. And this is not a small amount of money. $788 million worth of securities traded by members of Congress last year. About one in every four members of Congress is doing this, and it's not exactly Exactly like I'm elected with a bunch of Gordon Geckos and Bobby Axelrods. Take Lois Frankel, who you just mentioned. Yeah. She's been a lawmaker since I was five years old. And I'm <laughs> supposed to believe that all of a sudden she's making moves like she's Warren Buffett. This congressional stock trading has all of the fairness of like a Leah Thomas swimming competition. <laughs> and I think we should put an end to it. Okay, so will this restore people's trust in our and our elected officials really depends on if it passes even because there's a lot of people that they have stocks. They probably don't want this to pass. They want to keep insider trading. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. I mean, this is how these people make their money. But this is another example of how the government rigs everything in their favor. Look at our state, Casey. What did our lawmakers do while everyone else is getting crushed with gas and property taxes. Oh, gave themselves raises. Statehouse gave themselves one and a half million dollars in raises. And when you call them on it, they try to blame somebody else and go, well, the formula said, well, who the hell writes the formula? You guys write the formula. And same thing, what'd they do? They gave the governor $65,000 in raises. Their excuse, well, it's not the current governor, it's the next governor. Same thing with the lieutenant governor, the attorney general, the secretary of state, the state treasurer, the state auditor. All the government people keep getting taken care of. So I guess, Casey, mm -hmm. if you're pulling in 75 k ish which is what these guys will be making once these new raises kick in in the state house, I guess a $400 increase in your property taxes ain't no big deal. They got the money to sing swing it. So these... Uh 
elected officials, they're going to have to put their stocks into an, uh, a trust that is policed by an independent body if this stock act passes. There should be absolutely no buying or selling or trading of any stock or investment when you are in the United States Congress. If you don't want to play by those rules, then don't be in the U.S. Congress. There is great, there should be, great responsibility that comes with being one of the most, uh, 535 most powerful people in our country. And if you don't want that responsibility, then find something else. It's 13 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And a majority of voters believe that Secretary of State Antony Blinken should be impeached for his role in helping to suppress the New York Post's laptop from hell story. This, of course, going all the way back to the 2020 presidential campaign. 60% actually believe that he should be impeached. You know what surprises me the most about this, Rob? Is that 60% of people know who he is. <laughs> yes, that's really interesting, isn't it? So Breitbart had a little expose on this, and... Um, the what this really comes down to is so Blinken before he was obviously uh, in his official position as part of the Biden administration mm-hmm. was a campaign advisor and he was very influential and kind of got the wheels turning on getting um, 51 different former intelligence officers to try to refute the Hunter Biden laptop story which has been true and so what the public is saying is based on that because Blinken, like everyone else, knew it was true. By the way, the fact that 51 former intelligence officials signed, yeah, should tell you all you need to know. Gee, no wonder we thought there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, Casey. Yeah. I mean, come on. This is our intelligence community, and they thought the Hunter Biden laptop story was fake? (laughs) Just look at the Russian, what they call Russian disinformation. Yeah, so Blinken said it wasn't his idea. He didn't ask for it. He didn't solicit it. And from his perspective, he's not engaging in politics. It is 15 after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And coming up, we're going to hear from the representative of Tennessee and his take on voting against McCarthy's debt ceiling and why. That's on the way from 93 WIBC. (laughs) That's a new one, isn't it? Yeah, it's good stuff, Kim. Made that that yesterday. Yeah, anything, planes, trains, and automobiles. Let's go! Nice work. 19 minutes after 10, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So King Charles III's coronation ceremony is happening this weekend, nine months after he ascended to the throne. He'll be formally crowned at Westminster Abbey. In doing so, he's going to become the nation's 40th sovereign. It takes place Saturday, and if you want to get up bright and early, 5 a.m., That's when the proceedings begin, and they're expected to last about two hours. Donald Trump was recently talking about King Charles. A few thoughts on him. He's also blasting Meghan Markle for disrespecting the Queen and says that he's surprised that Prince Harry was even invited to the coronation. I think it's going to be a great day, and I think that they will do a great job. Yeah. And he loves the country. Really, I got to know him quite well. And he loves the country, really loves the country, and he loved his mother. And that's why I thought it was she was yeah. treated so disrespectfully by Meghan and just no reason to do that. I was actually surprised that Harry was invited, to be honest. 
If you want to watch the uh, coronation, you can see it on NBC, CNN, ABC, Fox. They're all expected to carry it. It it doesn't seem like there's a lot of publicity for this, does it? I mean, I scour the news each day, and while there might be... One or two stories come out. Yeah, you would think it would be... Everywhere. Some, yeah, and it does not seem like, and I mean, again, I visit various news sites, you would, a wide variety of different areas to try to find stories for the show. It does not seem like many are putting a lot of attention into it. Also trending this story this uh, this morning is this uh, large object from the Greenwood Starbucks. Don't know if you've uh, ever seen this sign. It's the Starbucks sign at the corner of East Main Street and Emerson Avenue in Greenwood. Apparently some high winds have caused the big what they call Starbucks moon to come tumbling down and employees said that they they heard a loud crash and then the sign fell and now it's taking up residence in three parking spots in the Starbucks parking lot. There you go. And finally trending this morning, Darden Restaurants is buying Ruth's Chris Steakhouse for $715 million. Now Darden Restaurants is one of the largest restaurant companies in the country they own olive garden oh yes so now the olive garden company is going to own the steakhouse uh no you are very wealthy so you probably can afford to eat at the ruth chris steakhouse kev and i on the other hand uh, are barely squeaking by we are not really allowed to go over there uh and so as such uh i hope you have a great time under the new management (laughs) and let us know how the new service is over at the ruth chris steakhouse they really do make a good steak they also have something on the menu the sweet potato casserole oh it's delicious rob it tastes like dessert if you ever go make sure you order it. i love that casey's i just said how poor i was in case he's like <laughs> if you're ever rich enough to make it over to the ruth chris steakhouse get the sweet potato casserole what's the uh, wine selection like over there <laughs> they do have silver oak on the menu silver oak yeah is that the uh, napa valley or california wine yeah so when you do the thing you do at the local bars where you take 93 minutes to order a glass of wine they that <laughs> place there you're paying mm-hmm. uh, for them to be nice to you so they're probably they don't give you the look of lady hurry the heck up like the uh, <laughs> like the no you know what i actually i have not been to ruth's chris here in downtown indy but I have been to the one in northern Indiana oh. a few times. Well, let so. us know how it goes <laughs> Okay. as we sit over here and eat our uh, items that came out of a bag. Okay. <laughs> 22 after 10, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about what's going on with the representative from Tennessee, Tim Burkett, Burchett. He, uh, he explains why he voted against... Speaker McCarthy's debt ceiling plan. Uh, So he says all the things, and uh, I think it's good when sometimes we play audio of other people saying the same things that that we're saying, um, and what he's saying is the truth. This isn't going to do anything to make any sort of meaningful difference in federal spending, in the nation's national debt. We will continue to add to the debt. It will continue to drive inflation. It will continue to make us beholden to other very bad places and people who don't like us. And so I think sometimes it's just better if people hear the same things we say from other people. I think that we just need to be responsible, ma'am. We're not being responsible. And, you know, the same, we're cutting the rate of growth. And that, that that's a sucker's bet. That's a freshman accounting trick and i mean that's washington accounting because the reality it's growing at an exponential amount um the the the, it it cut 1.5 i mean it added 1.5 trillion per year um to the debt and um 
we just can't keep going this way. We we've got the majority. Let's let's let if we have to let, let's slow this thing down. I think we need to we need to bring the president to the table. Um, um, Speaker McCarthy was masterful in in getting all the things that he did get in the bill, but uh, to me it didn't go far enough. And that's we're we're just voting for more debt, and we can't do that. We are in serious trouble, and I don't think people realize it. Okay, I do have a question about one thing he said. Speaker McCarthy was masterful of getting all the things he did get in the bill, but the bill was so bad that I wouldn't vote for it. So how can he be masterful? Were you thinking that as well? Yeah, exactly. You can't be both at the same time. And again, and Justin Amash put this out the other day, and I thought it was a great, great uh, kind of way to sum up what we're talking about here. Uh, Justin Amash, former U.S. rep from, I believe believe it was Michigan, um, that under the Republican plan that we're told is so great and is going to take care of everything, the net the nation's debt will be forty seven trillion dollars in twenty thirty three. Mm-hmm. That will add fifteen ish trillion to where we are now. Masterful. In ten years, we're still adding one point five trillion a year. Now the Democrat plan, the Biden plan, makes it fifty two trillion, but that's what we're talking about here. McCarthy's not helping or stopping anything. What's the difference of $5 trillion among friends, right? Okay, so he said that things that Republicans ask for are reasonable, but the White House doesn't want to negotiate. And then he went on to say that the American public needs to demand more from our leadership, and that's where he stands. Yeah. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC at 1026. And coming up next, we're going to hear from you with your voicemails on 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. Well, regardless what the ratings say, we're identifying as the number one show in all of Indiana. And that's because of you, our listeners. We love hearing from you. 317-684-8444. It's time for your voicemails at 1032 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Okay, a couple phone calls to get to, and then we'll have an extended uh, segment with Hammer coming up. Um, Somebody called, I thought this was a really good call. This guy called about Trump running for president, and he touched on some of the challenges that Trump is going to face and again, they are many of the things that we have talked about. And so sometimes I just think it's good when people hear from others than me saying the same thing that I'm saying. Hey, uh, I was just listening to this podcast the other day, and uh, they thought that if Trump is the nominee for the Republican Party, that he will easily beat Biden because the Democrats don't have COVID to fall back on to pull their shenanigans. But I have to disagree with that because I'm sure leftist states will still send out all those mass ballots like they did last time, regardless if there's COVID or not. Uh, I think he's absolutely right. People, look, the, the, the mass mail and unaccountable voting in places like Pennsylvania is totally here to stay. I mean, until the governor's office changes, which they just elected uh, the Democrat there, um that they're going to they're going to keep mailing people ballots, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't matter whether COVID is a thing or not. the 
the institution now exists, the ballot harvesting, it, it is a thing. Right. And it's not going away. And, well, we've got to play by those rules. Yeah. Uh, and this is why Republicans are really, uh, really missing an opportunity by fighting. If that's going to be the rule, stop fighting the rule. And start playing the game. Uh, yes. And start figuring out how to operate inside the system that is the rules. You, you Republicans have got to get better at ballot harvesting. They got to get better at making sure people get the ballots. They got to get better at get, making sure the ballots get back in. It is what it is, and until a court says it ain't that, then you better figure out how to make uh, make the world operate. What an interesting take, though, that Biden can't fall back on COVID until a new variant's released. Well, and I'm not sure uh, to scare everybody. I'm not sure people even care anymore how yeah. much they're abused by their government I, i'm not i'm not sure it even i mean obviously there are people who care who listen to this radio show every day but i'm not sure as a collective society cares i mean look at who keeps getting reelected. many of the same people who were the lockdown mm-hmm. mandate kings and queens of 2020 they're all many of them still here doing the same stuff and doing nothing to rescind emergency powers right of Eric Holcomb. I mean, he can still do what he wants at this point. By the way, again, can we remind everybody that today Jennifer McCormick did declare that she's running for governor uh, on the Democrat side. And let's point out that Jennifer McCormick is only a thing because Eric Holcomb and Kyle Hupfer, through their unwavering support behind Jennifer McCormick in 2016 at the Republican convention mm-hmm. uh, to be the superintendent, state superintendent, that's before they took away your right to vote for superintendent because, well, well, they have to control everything down at the state house, so they just took away your right to, to vote on that. But uh, they they were totally behind her, even though they knew she was a Democrat at the time, um, because they hate conservatives so much that they would rather have a Democrat in there. So just remember, when you're a person who goes, "Well, I don't like the Republicans, but I can't risk having a Democrat in the office," the woman who's going to be the Democrat nominee for governor in 2024 in all likelihood was the hand-picked person of Eric Holcomb and the Republican Party chair Kyle Hupfer to run for superintendent because they hate conservatives more than they hate Democrats. So just remember that there is no difference. She says as state superintendent, she fought to take politics out of the classroom (laughs) and ensure every child has access to the best education possible. And then we have the release of all those videotapes with teachers putting politics into the classroom. Jennifer McCormick is a radical left public education, angry red shirt teacher supporting maniac. But she was the handpicked choice of Eric Holcomb and Kyle Hupfer. They knew what she was when they did that because the establishment of the Republican Party would much rather work with liberals and Democrats than they would conservatives. So again, if you're a person next year who says, well, state rep, state senator, governor, U.S. Senate, whatever it is, well, I don't really like this person, but, well, I can't risk a Democrat being in there. There is, for the most part, no No difference difference. between these two parties. Uniparty. Yeah, absolutely. All right. uh, Somebody called uh, about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yesterday that saw, uh, who was it? Sheryl Crow, Mm -hmm. uh, Missy Elliott. Yep. George Michael. George Michael. Willie uh, Nelson. uh, While uh, people like Warren Zevon were told, uh, your services are are not, uh, not needed here. Hey, Rob and Casey, just call out the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, inductees, and 
I have to agree with you, Rob. Uh, most of those are not rock and roll artists. Sheryl Crow, no. Uh, George Michael, no. Missy Elliott, no. Even though I like some of Kate Bush's stuff, she's definitely not rock and roll. The only two bands that even remotely could be in their Rage Against the Machine and the Spinners. And even the Spinners are more of a doo-wop uh, Motown group than they are rock and roll. So Rage Against the Machine is the only band that really should be put in, uh, if you ask me. But you're right. There's so many bands that should have been inducted long before these guys were. And uh, Sticks and definitely Foreigner uh, should be in there. And I'm thinking Kansas hasn't been in there yet. Um, I could probably name a dozen or more bands that need to be in there long before these people are. Um, sorry, but if it's going to be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it should be rock and roll artist or like you said make it the music hall of fame mm-hmm. if you want to put in rap and country and all this other i don't want to say garbage music because some of it's good but a lot of it sucks so anyways uh that's my input on that talk to you later mm-hmm. yeah they should just change the name to the, mu- to the music hall of fame absolutely but i think about this they think missy elliott in the history of even if you changed it to the music hall of fame yeah you think Missy Elliott and Cheryl Crow have had a bigger impact than Foreigner or Styx or Ario Speedwagon? Well, I think uh, the whole idea that they're going for is that they want to expose people to different kinds of music. So, like, you know, a uh, George Michael fan might see that Missy Elliott got inducted and then they'll start listening to rap. Did you just say that with a straight face? Are that's you a, are you being serious? That's, are you, what, that's are you, what they're actually. I read that. That's what they're going for. Say that again. That's what they're so, doing. What? So they're trying to just expose people to different types of music. So they're thinking, like you know, a Cheryl Crow fan might see that Missy Elliott got inducted, and then so, go listen then, to so Missy Elliott's music. To rap so they're not and, even inducting people on merit. They're just saying we want people exposed to wide varieties of music, mm-hmm. and so we're not going to pick the best people or people who fit the genre. Right. This is just some scam to get people to listen to whatever music we want them to listen to. I yeah, I get your point, Kevin. That that wasn't my point. That's what they said. Okay. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But if somebody is into Willie Nelson. Because he's one of the inductees. Yeah. That person's not going to go listen to Missy Elliott's music. Right, yeah. I I mean, those are... You, are you telling yeah. me you read, you read this somewhere? Yeah, I they... read this. It was someone from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that said that. Well, now I'm even more angry than I was before, and I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> what a joke. 14 nominees in all, right? And they do say that the class reflects a wide range of artists across all genres, from country to rock singers and everything in between, soulful pop and even soul. Is that not the dumbest thing you've ever heard, that our goal for the <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is, is to get people to listen to non-rock yeah. and roll? <laughs> We know you're here for the rock and roll, but try the country. Try the rap. You've got to be kidding me. (laughs) Just expanding it, I guess. It is 1040. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And I wanted to touch on this briefly, Rob. We mentioned it yesterday in regards to those students uh, who had overdosed in Avon. Yes. And I did a little digging and wrote an article for the side piece at WIBC.com. And next week is National Prevention Week. And it's a time to discuss drug problems within the community. There are more than 103,000 drug overdose deaths in the last 12 months. For the so for the past year, almost 104,000 drug overdose, and fentanyl becoming more widespread. Of course, we've touched on this in the past. 
And the DEA has seized the equivalent of more than 410 million lethal doses of fentanyl just last year. And WalletHub released their report, states with the biggest drug problems, and Indiana does rank. We're not in the top 10, but we are 12th in the country. And uh, many people were guessing what the number one state was, thinking it was Texas. It was not. It was New Mexico, followed by West Virginia, and then D.C., Louisiana, and then Colorado, Indiana, again at 12. But the Indiana Department of Health reporting 41 people under the age of 24 died of an overdose just in May. Marion County last year. And in Hendricks County, they had those two Avon High School students who died of drug overdose since March. And in Marion County, there were 67 overdose calls last year from more than 300 public, private, and charter schools. So there's another study out there from Myriad Genetics, and it said that 77% of Americans admit to using at least one addicting behavior or unhealthy coping mechanism. And they said that mental health and addiction often go hand in hand, yet the stigma associated with admitting you have a mental health issue is often greater than escaping to drug use. You know, that's really interesting you said that, Casey, because I think I've shared with you one of the people that I work with at my uh, other job Mm -hmm. um, is very open about his recovery from very serious drug addiction. And one of the things that he does now, and we were actually talking about this yesterday, is he goes out and speaks to large groups of people who are experiencing various forms of addiction and i was talking with him about being open about that because um for many people that would be a very shameful thing and he said absolutely not and i was saying well you know you probably tell people you don't want them to be like you he said no i do want them to be like me i want them to be alive Mm -hmm. and i want them to be able to be open about it and i want them to encourage others not to do what i have uh, what I have have done. And so we need more people who have experienced this, lived through it, whatever, to be open about it because I think a lot of times people feel isolated and alone and ashamed about some of the issues that they're going through. I just think it's shocking that 77% of people say that they would rather be addicted to drugs than admit that they need help yeah. because they're suffering some from some mental health challenge. But I have placed a link on WIBC.com if you or somebody you know is struggling And there's also the Indiana Mental Health and Addiction Hotline. That number is 800-662-HELP. It's 1044. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Oh, good morning. It is 1049. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob, you can leave the room right now. (laughs) (laughs) He's feeling frisky. Look at you today. Sun's out, guns out. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I think you did that for me today, right? You think so? I think so. You asked me who I was trying to impress, and I said clearly nobody because I didn't even do my hair today. So. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite uh, things in sports history was there was a player for the Oakland A's, and I can't remember who it was, but he was slumping real bad. So he let his teammates pick his walk-up music, and it was that. It was Careless Whisper. <laughs> and that night, he went like three for four. So he kept using it all throughout the year, and the fans at the time were actually going to the games in Oakland. They got behind it. They started waving their hands, putting their like phones in the air. It was really cool. If you had walk-on music, would it be Van Halen? 
Oh, man. I don't know. Probably the Benny Hill theme song. Uh, my son, when he comes to bats in baseball games, he uses uh, one of three songs. Usually it's You Can't Touch This, obviously Hammer Time. Yeah. Uh, another MC Hammer song, Here Comes the Hammer. Yeah. And then he also uses Hail to the Chief. Because right. he is the class president. Because he's the president. Right. And he's got prom coming up this weekend. Yes. Big prom weekend. Um, it's a little later than most proms, but uh, yeah, it's happening. Uh, the prom is at the dolphin, like underground dolphin pavilion thing at the zoo. So that's going to be cool. I've DJed a couple weddings there. It's a really cool area. And the guest driver for mm-hmm. these kids, the one <laughs> making sure they get safely to dinner, to the prom, and out of downtown, none other than the representative of Brownsburg, Rob Kendall. Hey now, yes. hey now. Now, I did it last year. Uh, it was a, last year was the year. You guys saw the fight. We saw all this, all hell break off on uh, Monument Circle, and then the, they tried to accuse us of lying about it. Yeah, the uh, press department of the IMPD. <laughs> oh, no, no, nothing nothing to see here. It was like Frank Drebin and the Naked Gun <laughs> we were, with the fireworks store exploding in the background. We were posting videos of all these police cars, and it was like like the Plainfield school system saying, we don't do CRT, but the lady just, <laughs> no, we don't do that here. It doesn't matter what you saw. You guys are taking this fight out of context. Uh, so I'll be driving. I'll be very uh, responsible again this year. And uh, you are getting paid. Yeah, that's true. You're not, not doing this out of the kindness of your heart. You're strictly doing it for the money. And Are you be- driving your own car? No, you, he's got a we car. We provide them with a slick ride. Have nice. you seen my car, Casey? Well, that's why I was like, are you going to clean it out? The windowless Wait, white van has arrived at prom that says free candy on the side. Oh, scary. Hello, local youth. <laughs> Hello, kids. Um, I heard you talking earlier about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions. Mm-hmm. And again, this is always one of those subjective arguments. Every year, somebody's going to be ticked off because somebody gets in that shouldn't. Somebody's left out that needs to be in. But Missy Elliott is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. So I figured, all right, here's what we're going to do. In order for this to make sense to our audience, we've put together a little remix of Missy Elliott's biggest hit, Work It. It's the Joe Biden remix. Would you like to hear it? (laughs) (laughs) Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. It's true in international depression. (laughs) True in international depression. If you got a big thing, let me search it. If I know how hard I gotta work it. True in international depression. (laughs) True in international depression. See, now I'm okay with it. That is fantastic. Now I'm all right with the induction of Missy Elliott. Uh Only if it's the Joe Biden remix. (laughs) That's great. Uh, Derby is this weekend. We were talking off mic a little bit. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Racing Rachel from the racetrack in oh, Shelbyville yeah. coming on today to oh, give great. us some Derby picks. You a big Derby girl? Yeah, I've been to the Derby, and it is a, a, a spectacle. Make and a few bad decisions down there in the uh, infield of Churchill Downs, have you? <laughs> Drank some mint juleps and had a good time. It's, it's very it's very much like the Indy 500 because you can sit in the stands, and that's where the big hats are and the dresses, right? And right. everybody gets dressed up. But then there's the infield, which is more like the snake pit. The debauchery. Right, where there's right. Uh, you know just the T-shirts and the cutoffs and shorts. Well, it looks like that's crowd. local celebrity Casey Daniels on top of that. That car. What is she? Oh, she doesn't have a shirt on. Wow. What's going on? Well, of course, Friday is the Oaks, and those are the younger horses that race, right. and everybody wears pink. It's their version of Carb Day. Like, there's right. so many similarities with the Derby mm-hmm. and the Indy 500. Yeah. And that year, the pandemic year, where everything got moved back to like August or October yeah. or whatever it was, like, 
I get sports were canceled, players were pulled off the court, and we saw bubble NBA, basketball with no fans. I was still able to watch a basketball game. It didn't really make that much of a difference. When the NFL came back with limited seating, it was still football, hits, passing. But when you were watching the Derby or the Indy 500, and you get that aerial shot of them coming around the corner, and there's nobody in the stands, there's no roar from the crowd, that was really weird. Yeah. The thing about the Derby is you think, okay, Derby, it's one race. Well, it's actually an all-day event. Right. And the Derby race is typically like the 14th or 15th race of the day. There are races after that. Yeah. And yes, exactly. And so by the time the actual Derby race, the fastest two minutes in sports happens, everybody's drunk. (laughs) Doesn't matter what you bet on. Isn't it crazy, too, that all that stuff got destroyed and all those memories got wiped away and all those potential opportunities for, you know, memories to be made and will never have happened? And there's not really, they can't prove one person's life got saved from how they destroyed society. No. This country shut down out of precaution with no real information. We were lied about, lied to about the information. That's the thing. All these experts, and I'm using air quotes there, came out and said, well, if you get this vaccine, it will stop it cold. You won't get sick. You won't spread it. They were lying right to your face. That was never the case. But you had folks like Rachel Maddow willing to play ball and go up there and talk about it. And you knew from very early on when we were reading the data on on the radio station two weeks in, we knew enough to know, hey, if you're an older person, maybe you stay in. If you're a person with the comorbidity, maybe stay in until we learn more. But if you're people like us, younger, able-bodied people, there was no reason for that to happen in society to shut down. Do you remember when people would leave their mail or their groceries out of the house for a day or two to make sure all the germs had died off of it before they brought it into the house? We could write a book on the ridiculous things that we did that have no scientific background. My favorite was the plexiglass divider at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the Rona, it's not smart enough to go, go around, around. <laughs> up or underneath of it. Yeah. What do you have coming up this afternoon, Hammer? Uh, Rob Ken will go completely off the rails like the lunatic he is. We got Racing Rachel from Caesars, Indiana and the biggest stories of the day. Thank you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.